Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, live from San Francisco, it's the House of Pride Show. Today we have fabulous guests. I am so honored and proud to bring to the studio live, and it is a treat, the one and only internationally recording artist and icon, Kim Sims. Hey, how you doing? Don't go anywhere, folks. Listen to her smash classic hit, Too Blind to See. We'll be right back.
All right, all right. That was a treat listening to that classic number one hit from Kim Sims, Too Blind to See It. How far back? What year was that? 91. It is 25 years old now. 25 is a big year for a a classic song. Are they doing some remixes on that? I really don't know. (laughs) It wasn't your your property. (laughs) It wasn't my property. That's okay. Because you have some new music that's coming out that is actually your property. And as I like to, I I remember when we interviewed Sarah Dash from LaBelle. Yes. You know, they were smart enough to have um, vested um, in uh, Lady Mambala, one of their biggest hits. So it's always good to own. Smart. That's true. Well, I I tell you what, I um, sang a new vocal to Too Blind to See It um, two years ago. And. yeah, they're yeah. So I, mm-hmm. <laughs> are you now? Who do you remember? Who who were the producers of Too Blind to See It? Uh there was um, so and so, Steve <laughs> Steve Silk Hurley. All right. Yes, that's right. And um, mm, I don't know. You know, those, that was a great time for me. Was I mean, that I Chicago? Drank a lot. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> like hard <laughs> to remember. It's hard to remember. Where was no. where did that all go down? It all went down in Chicago. I'm just being silly. But yeah, you know, it was Steve Silk Hurley, um, ID Productions. I, it was his record label, ID Records. ID Records. And okay. then uh, what they did was they put it out underground and uh, Atlantic East up. West picked it up and uh, for the world and it just blew up. Did you have and an inkling that it, you were onto something like it would be a hit or? You know, you always want to have that feeling, but I was telling LP today. My manager, L.P. Vargas. How you doing? Hey. Um, How you doing? <clears throat> anytime I ever liked a song, it never went anywhere. Anytime Is I don't right? like it, yeah. it, you know, it does something. So with Too Blind, I was sort of like in the middle. You know, I just was like, well, I just hope it does something. You know, I had just come off with singing jingles for like 10 years. So when I got the, when the opportunity came around mm-hmm. to sing the song, I'm like, sure. And we just were doing a demo and it really wasn't, we weren't really quite sure as to how it was going to go. And so when, um, when it turned out that the song came out and... It just blew up, and um, the rest is history. And that's why I'm sitting here talking to you. But yeah, it was. That a, was the beginning of your career. That was career. the beginning. That yeah. was the beginning of my recording career. Oh right, because um, you were doing because professional. Because before that, I did. Yeah, jingle. Paul David Wilson, um, mm-hmm. who owned a jingle house in Chicago, he is the man that I, that I attribute my first you know mm-hmm. coming out if you will he's the person that started my gigs. career those are paying gigs if i could do that now <laughs> honey yes it's never too late it's never too late Let, well let's go back a little further where mm-hmm. you, um you know you have a god give uh, gift of talent yes, that you're sharing you. with us where did thank it all you. begin for you um as a little girl my parents used to well they found out i could sing because i would play with my barbie dolls and you know there was like the battle of the barbies they were both singing you know and so they before knew, star search yes before star search i created all of that but anywho <laughs> so um yeah and they just were like well she sounds like she can sing so they would put me up on stage you know on a little box or whatever for for um parties and all that but in school, I would, you know, get in talent shows. And I always, I tell everybody, I travel with my own spotlight. It was like I just had to be on stage, you know what And I you mean? were winning. And, and you I were like, was hey, winning. Going I would, on here. Isn't that crazy? It's, it's awesome. And then, you know, through, through uh, grade school and then high school competitions and that. And then I went on to just do regular jobs. Mm-hmm. And then I was in a, a pageant called the Miss Black Chicago Pageant back then. I won't say the year, but... 
back then. And I came up, I came in first runner up. Ooh, now nice. the girl, the woman that won, she was beautiful. So mm-hmm. she had me on that one. She was a beautiful, but she had no, she had no talent. You, you, you won the talent. I beat for sure. the talent now. <laughs> but anyway, she went on to pretty much go nowhere, and the first runner up got her, you know, got her due, and went on to do the jingles. Paul Wilson, um, oh. as I said, he was the one that um, gave me my start, and he actually was a. Um, he did the music for the pageant. Now, can you sing? Remember one of the jingles that you used to oh, sing? Oh, you're being put on the spot. Oh, right. After I do a session yesterday, <laughs> and you know my little throat has just got well, all kinds of Kermit in, well, in it. Don't, we don't want... The, Thank We you. didn't bring any honey or tea. Um, but Right. Ladies and gentlemen listening to us now, Kim Sims is live with us in San Francisco, and yes. she's not from San Francisco. She's living in Atlanta Atlanta now, now yeah. So I from Chicago, that. though. From, all right. Home in Chicago, yeah. and I live in Atlanta. Okay, but your heart is in Chicago? Always. Now, what brings you out here? That's the question. Whew. Well, thank goodness for LP. LP brought me out here so that we could record a new single so yesterday uh that was yesterday right that's correct <laughs> oh gosh i We've got out here a on lot. monday mm-hmm. and uh, so yesterday 11717 um met up with leo frappier he's producing it this the name of mm-hmm, the name of the song that um we're going to be putting out is called turn it up so i came out to do that and i also came out to do a photo shoot and we just did the photo shoot just i'm just leaving it, yes yeah. that's why i look like i've been to the club Let's right shout now out to the photographer about who the was, face who was, uh... and that is jose guzman colon oh yes i know him and then mark what's mark's last name Jocks. Uh, mark jocks mm-hmm. he did the makeup and when i tell you he beat this girl's face back to reality you look radiant thank and chic thank you thank you yes. so much and i can tell I, I promise you tweaker i was like there's no way i was gonna miss you this time because this I is the third so time third you. time's a charm and i wouldn't yeah. go have you bailing out on me honey and, so and i sure as hell ain't bailing folks out listening you. to us it's a crummy day in san francisco yeah rainy and chilly this mm-hmm. nippy outside isn't mm-hmm. it open yeah, yeah it's, it is. it's it like is. last week we had kim brought the sunshine and then she's yeah. Leaving when the rains right, come. Right. So how did the um, recording uh, session oh go? Oh my God! First of all, shouts out to Leo Frep here. Hey, oh my Leo. God! The, the consummate, what's it? Cons- consummate professional is that the mm, word? That's correct. Yeah. Um, he just—it was everything. I mean, he brought uh, brought out of me what I didn't realize I had. You know that little that little diva up down in there. That little, <laughs> and. Um, it was just, it was great. We, it's, what, were we there for a couple of hours? Yeah, we recorded two, a couple of tracks and, and then layered some vocals mm-hmm. and, um, and then did some fierce ad libs. Oh, the ad libs mm-hmm. are everything. Yeah, I know you're the, you're the ad lib queen. But you know what? It was great. And, um, we're looking forward to it because it's uh, Thomas Arambula wrote it. He wrote the last song I did, yes. Deep in the City. So he wrote this one for me as well. And it's all about turning it up and, you know, just being happy and enjoying life. That's, That's right. About. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Tom because he wrote. So I think it's connected, right? Mm-hmm. So um, Tom wrote Deep in the City, yes. which you released a few months ago. Yes. And it really uh, resonated on all the major record pools. Yes, it did. And I thank God for that. And you did a phenomenal was, remix. Thank you. I was lucky enough to get on your project. Yes, but it, not the only cat from San Francisco. Who else right. is on the project? Oh, Paul Goodyear. Phil B. Phil B. Leo Phil, Phil, Did you Leo, know Phil yeah. lives right around the corner? Does he? Hey, Phil. 
yeah um but yeah i had some great folks on on deep in the city and deep in the city was an homage to all of the djs from back in the in the house days from chicago from all over but frankie knuckles and um all of the ones that paved the way. So Thomas was a, a, a club kid, and he wanted to write a song in homage to the to the uh, House Nation, and he asked me to sing it, and I said, of course. He's my best friend, first and foremost, but he also said, Kim, I want to get you back on the map. It's time for you to be back and doing your mm-hmm. thing, you know? And so... Um, he wrote it, I sang it, and um, the rest is history. Now we're moving on to Turn It Up. And he did his thing with this one, too. Well, let's have a little sample, folks, listening to us uh, for, uh, of Deep in the City. Yes. Well, now, um, I'm getting all of your music off of iTunes. What a nice um, uh, catalog you have on, on iTunes. I do. I never yeah, noticed. Yeah, I'm, you're looking like uh, oh, about 50... Selections, sure. folks, listening to and us I'm go. Broke you as go, hell. What go the hell buy is some going? Kim Sims music. <laughs> <laughs> so um, here's Deep in the City. This is the Paul Goodyear mix. Deep in the City, they just cut it off on iTunes like very abruptly. But if you want to hear more, go on right there and and download it. It's ready for your enjoyment. Uh, That was Paul Goodyear's uh, flavor. Yes. Um, And tell us what you were trying to do again with this project. Were you paying homage to? Oh, yes. To the the DJs that, you know, that started house music. First and foremost, Frankie Knuckles. I mean, you know, and actually I believe yesterday or today would, would have been his birthday. And I think he's been gone for a couple of years now. But, yeah, we were just paying respect to all of the, the DJs that, that started the house movement, if you will. Not all of them. We, you know, we got the ones that Thomas related to. Mm-hmm. But there are so many more. So we wanted to respect them all in a, you know, in a group. But we named some of the ones that meant a lot to us back in the day. All right. Well, we have um, a surprise guest for you on our 1978 telephone. All right. Yes. All right. Who do we have with us live? DJ Ricky Six. Hey, Ricky. Ricky from Tennessee. Hey, Ricky Six. Hey, Kim. How are you? I'm wonderful. I missed you. You left before I got here, and now you're back home, huh? I know. Aww. I really can't stay, but I can say that I'm 
the one good thing about me coming back with 75 degree weather. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, we've, we've got a warm winter here. It's been 75 and rainy. Mm-hmm. When are you coming back? Uh, I come back next month, the last Wednesday of the month. I think it's the 22nd. Not too, not too far away. Right. Now we, and so, you know, Kim Sims is sitting here for the first time live in our studio. We couldn't be more excited. Thank we you. also have your buddy LP Vargas hey, next Ricky. to you. Hey, LP. What's up? <laughs> I'm excited for you to be back here because uh, he was here just recently for New Year's and he turned it up. I know he turned, he it, turned up. it up. Yes, at the lookout. Lookout and in the port as well. I'll be there the 22nd to the 28th. Um, I've got four gigs lined up in that week. Nice. Yeah. Wow. He, he had four games. So he wants to secretly move here and become a resident. It's time. Well, it's not a secret. It's, it's, oh, it's, everyone knows. Oh, it's okay, not a secret. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you've been supporting uh, Deep in the City, is that right? Yes, it ranked number one on one of my top ten countdowns. Oh, I love you so much. Thank you so, so much. I mean, I, mean, I really well, do you. appreciate so all the love. Practice that you gave to us and um you both hey. talking at the same time but that's okay well I, I hope we i hope we can do the same thing with the new song turn it up oh i can't wait to hear it yes we recorded it yesterday it's great well you put out a little sample on facebook i heard a little yeah i did a little little snippet snippet yeah a teaser a teaser Just a real and it was sounding good you know tom's a good songwriter for not being a professional songwriter yeah he is now, now i was just gonna say <laughs> he is now on number two is he's now he is now yeah he's just he's very gifted he's a wonderful soul spirit my mm. been my friend for over 20 years 20 years mm. and i didn't even know he had this in him you know i said well why didn't you do this shit 20 years ago oh, can we curse yeah oh, okay why did we, <laughs> why did you do this 20 years ago the girl could have been you know living large on the riviera somewhere but um anyway so yeah he's he said hey kim as long as you want me as long as you'll sing them i'm gonna write them so hey tom you're so that's so cute i love it it's like a love story it is i love him so much so uh, ricky what is um what is your top three songs this week um i'm actually still sifting through music i can give you my top three songs from uh from last year Okay. What? All oh, right. You're ending 2016. Well, the top ten I had for last year were really in no particular order. Um, one of them was Aki Star's Fly. Okay. One of them was um, Narian Milani and Christian Marchi's uh, The Creeps 2016. Uh, and then the number one song of 2016 was Deep in the City. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. In my mind, it was. <laughs> top 10 and putting them in a, in a specific placement it's just like wow it's like each one had their own unique flair to it that i just could not keep keep a sorted list of it, it, it i just sort of threw it all out there these are my top 10 choices i don't favor one over the other although i do favor kim sims over everybody so okay <laughs> <laughs> don't don't feel pressure Fabulous. Well, Ricky, we're going to let you go, uh, but uh, we want you back here when you come back to San Francisco. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everyone say goodbye to Ricky Six, the DJ. Bye, Ricky Six. See you soon, Ricky. Much love, much respect. Take care now. All right. <laughs>
Hey, cool. can we listen to um, ap- uh, another song from your catalog? Please. Um, so after uh, Too Blind to See It, yes. uh, what happened? Um, take My Advice. Take My Advice was the, was the follow-up to Too Blind to See It. Was that from the same producer? It, it was, yep. It, all of the, the whole CD, the whole album or whatever you call it, what well, well, we call it now, but yeah, um, all was from the, the Hurley camp. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. That's yep. great. Two, two. How many hits did you have off of that one? Um, four. Wow. So it was uh, Too Blind to See It, Take My Advice, A Little Bit More, and I want to say... Um, Oh no, we got a look. Well, in my eyes was one of my favorites. Uh, a little bit more, and should have known better. So oh, for, I, I remember. You remember should have? Yeah. yeah, that was a good. Sean, one. now are you familiar with any of this dance music? Is that your genre, Sean? I listen to lots of different types of music. I, and when I was younger, even though I don't look that old, but no, when I was good. younger, I used to dance oh, really? my ass off here I in San Francisco really? at all the clubs, just like everybody else. And a lot of that was dance music, so most likely. Okay. All mm-hmm. right. All right, well, let's see if you recognize Take My Advice. Here we go. Queuing. On the phone last night, said he had a few things on his mind. He told me that things just haven't been right. I wonder where he's gonna sleep tonight. Girl, you better wake up. You better change your ways. All right, you're taking them. Everyone take Kim's advice and um, um, sign up to your fan club. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How do yeah. you do that? Um, well, you go to all of my uh, social media platforms, don't you, LP? Yes. LP. I, the way, yes, help us out. LP, help well, a girl out. We got Kim Sims on, on Facebook and then uh, Sims Kim, but it's K-Y-M on Twitter. And then on Instagram, we got uh, Kim Sims fans underscore official yes yes and yes. is this now kim sims is that your real name or is your well kim is yes my real name but the sims i was actually married mm-hmm. to the sims guy okay and because it you know it just sort of flowed they were like kim you gotta call yourself kim sims you know because mm-hmm. when it started to happen for me i was still married to him oh you're not now Mm-hmm. Hail to the no, to the no, no, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> um, but let me say this. I have two beautiful children who carry the last name of Sims, Ryan and Taylor. So that was the, the most wonderful part of that union. Uh-huh. Yes. And one of them lives in California. One of them, Ryan, my son, he lives in Dixon. Yeah, yeah, right out of Sacramento. I've mm-hmm. seen some of the photos you've posted, oh, and yes, and um, now they, your son has a ch- children. Yes, too. my son has three sons. Oh wow! And my well, you know, I was twelve when I had my first child. <laughs> 
Really? No. Anyway, <laughs> but in this day and time, you could truly believe that. I, I mean, know. at the end yeah. of the day, you got grandmothers that are 21 and great-grandmothers. Um, but anyway. Well, he must keep you busy with all those grandkids. Well, because they're here, when I'm here, oh, my God, yes. Oh, Alexander and Timothy. As a matter of fact, Alexander, uh, Timothy got on stage with me at Sacramento um, the uh, Rainbow Fest in September. My mm-hmm. old, the uh, ten-year-old Timothy, my grandson, and so yeah, they are my babies. Um, and then my daughter Taylor, who lives in in uh, Atlanta with me, she has a two and a half-year-old, and his name is Breland. So I get to see him more than I get to see my other, you know, my other ones. But they don't call me Grandma because I'm a diva in my own mind. They call me Dima. Boom. Dima, so, and yes. you're. And you are ageless. Ageless, honey. Yes, I am. If I can get the beat down on this face like I got today, if I could have that every day, I would be ageless. Wait till you see these pictures, Tweaka. I, I mean, you look, you look gorgeous. You don't understand, mm-hmm. though. I mean, this is like the yeah. Kim Sims that everyone knows. This is just me. Yeah. But this new stuff, this 2017, honey, she is mean in 2017. Oh, yes. Can we, uh, is that a secret photo? Uh, yeah. Bring, bring it on over here. Nobody can see it. Uh, yes. <laughs> on the radio, you're. But it, when I tell you, it's so out of the. Oh, that looks great. Isn't it awesome? Yeah. It's so out of. So this is me all the time. And then, baby. Phenomenal. Come on now. Talk to them. Let them know. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to. I want to stay true to what it was that brought mm-hmm. me to the to you to everyone yeah. but i also you know you know you got to keep you got to stay current now i am a, a a girl of a particular age so i'm not really that's cute too i'm not trying to compete with the with the youngins but i'm surely gonna stand next to them and look cute as i yeah. do it you know what i mean so yeah. i'm just trying to trying to keep it going and well, fresh i feel like you that. you know when you have a talent mm-hmm. you don't want to just keep it to yourself no mm-hmm. you know and i think that a talent is has no age nope it doesn't so. and as long as the guy gives me the voice to continue to do mm-hmm. it then i'm going to keep doing it you know I, I feel i feel blessed beyond measure to be still doing it after all these years and able to still slay i came to slay the bay now at the same time the the whole business has changed over the years it's like um different the way the business works and you've done a couple of things to empower yourself you've um started your own record label can you tell us finally (laughs) and i didn't even write that but yes yeah well (laughs) You wrote finally. No, 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 no. But I finally decided to. Well, you know, I just started thinking about it, and you know, you putting you putting your songs on other labels, especially the way the industry is now. Hell, you don't have to have a label. You can just go to YouTube and you know become a celebrity, or you can just throw your songs up on iTunes. But I wanted to have a bed to lay in. I wanted it to be mine. I wanted to, instead of saying, "Here's Kim Sims on yada yada label," this is Kim Sims on. Diva Down. It's That's called Diva Down. Diva Down. Right so here. you all can figure out whether she's down or out, but she's here. And um, so I wanted to do that. And... Um I did, and that's the first song that we put out on the uh, Diva Down label will be Turn It Up. Mm-hmm. Yes, for that's the 2017. Right. So it is empowering because, um, you know, it took me a long time to wake up. When I think about Too Blind to See It, it literally is the what? What's that called? The, the score of my life because I've been too blind to see it in so many ways through the industry, mm-hmm. and so um, now it's kind of like I've uh, opened my eyes and I've decided to turn it up and 
the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Have mm-hmm. Full, full creative control, and that's what she should have been. That's exactly it. That's what is your role in this new project, LP? I'm executive <laughs> producer of the uh, track, and we helped. We hired uh, Leo because he's one of the best in the industries. And and I tell you, when she came and she slayed those vocals yesterday, you, uh, Paul Goodyear made a guest appearance he just did. while we were recording a couple of the tracks, and his eyes just went like whoa because yeah. yeah. uh it was just a it was a beautiful experience mm-hmm. and uh i'm telling you she, 2017 everybody's it, coming now here. what is the uh, tentative release date Kim? we're looking at march yes. i would i'd like to say oh, that's just a couple yeah months away. we you know i i really want to get it out by then mm-hmm. and i know it, it's already to me it's already right so by the time leo gets finished making it right right it's gonna be beyond right so we're hoping march and i have decided you know as long as i can wake up in the morning open my eyes and i'm able to sing i'm just gonna keep recording i'm gonna put out as much as i can you know while i can um so we're gonna do follow-up after follow i've already got stuff in my head mm. and we're gonna just keep it moving we're gonna keep turning it up and turning it up and turning it up yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. so so 2017 <laughs> yeah. you're gonna be hearing a lot of kim's yeah. hymns everywhere yeah. worldwide that's right i was i took some time off you know um not necessarily because I wanted to, but you know, you know, the phone stops ringing, and you know, you. And so it, it I got in my own head, and I just was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. But then the GM crew came into my life, and um, since you guys have come into my life again, you know, I've always had uh, support from the LGBT community, but it's it's a different feeling now, and it's like a, a, a rebirth. You know what I mean? And I've had I've got so many wonderful people surrounding me and it's just such a positive uh, vibe and the energy is right. And I just feel I feel new. I feel, you know, I feel happy. Awesome. So, Coming yeah. to my life. Got so much love. To That's give. right. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's the truth, though. It really and truly is. So we're um, LP Tommy says this is your year, girl. I said, yes, it is. And so far, 18 days into it, I couldn't be happier. Yes. Well, let's listen to another Kim Sims tune. Um, you said you really liked In Your Eye, In My Eyes. It's a, it's a ballad, so that's, I don't know. If, oh, okay. That's, that's okay. new. That yeah. We haven't really touched on um, right. your ballads. Let's right. do that. Thank okay. you. Yep. Folks listening to us, go to iTunes. Check out her wonderful catalog. Right now, we're going to listen to In My Eyes, Kim Sims. Turn up the volume. Investing all your time. Yes. So cure in hopes I'll be there by your side. Even divided, we're together. Don't you go. Don't know this You're 
Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, so... We're talking uh, as we're listening to yeah. your music. Mm-hmm. You're talking over your mm-hmm. music. But uh, that sounded wonderful in my Thank eyes. That's the first ballad I've heard. Thank oh you. Oh, my God, girl, you really... Mm-hmm. Your voice moves people. Thank you. Uh, we were just talking about your career, um, folks listening to us. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're so excited to have you back on the scene. Thank because, you. Um, you know, a lot... So a lot of dance music where us, like um, LGBT, the LGBT community and like gay guys like myself you know a lot of that dance music was like sort of like the soundtracks of our lives mm-hmm. when we were younger and mm-hmm. dancing at the the big clubs and whatnot and of right. course too blind to see it was one of the songs that really resonated mm-hmm. with a lot of people not just the lgbt yes. community and that was across the board i would yes. say and then you know how we love our divas so mm-hmm. um you you have a you have a strong fan a fan base in the in our community oh absolutely absolutely and tweaker i tell everybody you know the <laughs> The community fed this girl for many years, honey, when everybody else was not thinking about Miss Kimson and have never left me. Mm-hmm. I left. The community has always been there. I mean, I, yeah. I used to get calls from people, yeah, you, you, Kim, where are you? You know, and it was always, always, always mm-hmm. the community. But um, I, um, you know, I think it, I just got in my own head and I just needed to, to step back and and take a rest for whatever reason. Maybe be a mommy, you know. And right, because you took a, a break around 2000 for some yeah, time. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. You're, you're remarried. I'm remarried. I'm married to a wonderful man, Daryl Russell. How you doing, boo I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> okay, oh, okay. You can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I just lost myself. No, he's <laughs> awesome. Um, we've been married. It'll be 16 or 17 years on the 28th of April. Congratulations. So Thank yes. you. We've been married for a while. But yeah, and what's so cool about him is unlike the the, the first go round, mm-hmm. he supports what I do. He has his own life. He does his thing. Mm-hmm. I do mine. They call us in our neighborhood, they call us the diva and the suit because, you know, he's wearing the chinos and stuff and I'm twirling around the neighborhood walking with the dog on it with a tutu on. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but um, he supports what I do and he is another reason why I got back out got there because he there, wasn't yeah. a part of the first the journey on in the beginning mm-hmm. you know and um so yeah it, he's he's a great guy so mm-hmm. and two i'm ne- this is it we're you know mm. yeah we're done well i mean it's it, and it's hard to find like the right person second time around yeah I, and I, especially being a you know more seasoned diva if you will <clears throat> you know and a little bit higher up in this uh, in the spice rack if you know what i'm saying <laughs> um but yeah i i did i got i got lucky and um we found each other and mm-hmm. the funny thing about it was we knew each other in high school and he was he actually liked me but i didn't pay any attention to him because he wasn't thuggy enough i needed a thug in my life you know and he was a good guy he was a good guy mm-hmm. so we just sort of and then 20-something This is Chicago? Later, this is in Chicago, oh. yeah. He went to an all-boys school, and I was one of those little girls that went to, you know, public school. You know, a little cute thing. Now, does the talent that you have, does it, does it run in your family? It does. My my mom sang, mm-hmm. rest her soul. Both my parents are, are deceased now. But um, my mom, and I will be honest, my children, my son, mm-hmm. my daughter, my grandkids, they all have oh they do you can hear sing. like yeah, yeah absolutely and you know mm-hmm. i'm like coaching yes. them oh yeah i brought my um, drums uh piano <laughs> whatever it is you know because you have to mm-hmm. you have to feed it my parents fed mine and you know here i, I am. think that's really the the key that bridges 
talent, mm-hmm. raw talent, to connecting it with opportunities. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. And but yeah, my son's a good awesome. singer yeah. and a rapper, Ooh. and my daughter's the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Following mother's uh, footsteps. footsteps. Yes. Yes. Hopefully they won't be too blind to see it smarter. <laughs> oh, they will be because I'm in their lives, honey. I will make sure. Oh no, you won't sign that. No, you won't. <laughs> so we were talking off air that um, you you have fan bases not just here in the states but the UK. You're you're popular. Yeah. Yeah. I have a great fan base overseas. Hey, y'all, if you're listening. What other um, countries? Oh, uh, Japan, um, Dubai. Oh, uh, Dubai. That's interesting. Yes. Um, oh, give me a second. I'm falling asleep. How, how is Dubai yeah, um, um, exposed to a, like? Um, is it, uh, are they wide open to American music? Or they are. Maybe you know, by way of UK. Now, yeah, especially now. I haven't mm. been in a while, but mm-hmm. you know, I think now it's opening up even more so because. Uh, but my first time over there, it was just amazing. I was Dubai, Abu Dhabi, Bahrain, and it was just beyond fabulous. Ibiza, um, wow, where else? Um, Ireland, Amsterdam, everywhere overseas, Scotland. I found out that my biological mom, my mm-hmm. bio mom, because I found out I was adopted a few years ago. But anyway, she's actually French and Scottish. So I was in Scotland a year ago. So I literally was walking around going, wow, this is where my family comes from. Oh, you, you found know? it just a few years just ago? Just a few years ago. How, how did you mm-hmm. find out? Well, my mother, the one that, that that's passed away, she, she told me before she passed away. Oh. And I think, it was, I think it was just something that she needed to get off her chest. And um, it was hard for me because being, a, you know, older you know I mean I, I went all my life thinking that I was one thing and you know it turns out I was not so um did you have an inkling perhaps you are very fair-skinned mm-hmm. well I tell you I, I did I mean my dad's African-American my mother the, the people that raised me my my parents mm-hmm. African-American my mother was very fair-skinned but in our community you know we come in all hues hence yeah. colored you know what I mean we are all co- you know yeah. so at the end of the day we, um for me I just grew up in this multicolored looking family you know um but it's funny you would ask because I did Sometimes I'd hear little things, but as a kid, you don't pay attention to stuff like that. And um, they would make little, you know, she's not really, and, and I'd be like, Ma, and I'd run to my dad, such and such said I wasn't, and he says, who said that? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, so it wasn't, but when I say this to you, I met my bio mom. Oh, you did? I did meet her, and I promise you, she did me the biggest favor she could have ever done, which was she gave birth to me, but my parents, they gave me life. Mm-hmm. They truly, I wouldn't be sitting here talking they gave to you, you all. Uh, the opportunities uh, yeah. and everything. If it had not been for Howard and O.C. Teamer, I would not be sitting here now. So to the bio mom, she gave me, she gave birth to me. But mm-hmm. um, so anyway, we met and it, you know, we. Well, that's in universal, we knew each by other. the way, like a family is the people around yes, you that love absolutely. you. absolutely. Know. It's not always, it's not the blood yeah. all the time. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, you know, bless her. She's still, she's still alive. I don't know where and who my dad is who made the move to find find her did she contact you or did you? well this is the uh, this is the other part of it <laughs> sorry Once, to get into your personal no it's okay because i really like talking about it because it's really therapeutic <laughs> for me oh, it okay. really it really is um after my mother told me 
you know, I, I she was going through dementia, so I just figured I said she tripping, something wrong with her. So yeah. She ain't no way in the world, you know. And my dad had already gone on, so I, you know. So anyway, long story short, after she passed away for about a year, because she's been gone three years now. But for for about a year, I was like, nah, I'm just not gonna even go in. And I'd ask my brother and sister, and they're older than me, and they're like, Kimmy, as long as we've known you, honey, you've been there. So we, you know, so something just hit me and there was a law passed in illinois that if you were born at a certain time Mm -hmm. that you could actually go back and find your actual birth certificate Mm -hmm. so it's okay i'm gonna go ahead send this 15 dollars in and you know because i know it's not gonna come back with nothing you know shoot (laughs) i sent that 15 dollars in i went to that mailbox every day a letter came from the department of um family service or whatever it was Mm -hmm. um anywho and Sure enough, I opened it up and it said that someone was looking for me. And it was a relative. They didn't say who. They said, here's how they want to exchange a birth, what do you call it? Not birth, but they want to exchange medical uh, information. So I said, okay. So I had to send something back. They sent back and they sent this birth certificate. And on the birth certificate, it had her name. She was 24 years old, had come from France. And my father, African American, didn't have his name, but it had his age. And um, there was a separate piece of paper, and it said, "Here's her number. If you want to contact her, she wants to she wants to meet you." So my husband called the number. She did not answer, but in 15 minutes she called back, and he handed me the phone. And um, I said, "Hello," and she says, "Hello." You know, she had an accent oh, and everything. Wow. I'm like, "What the <laughs> hell?" This little girl where, from the where, south side of Chicago. Where were they based? Where? How about this? <laughs> She lived in Chicago, mm. two blocks away from I, where I grew up. Oh, that's a trip. And I went okay. to school with my sisters and didn't know it. Oh, no. Now, that's, that sounds like... Kim, that's shit. heavy. That's beyond heavy. Yeah. This is lifetime here. This is a lifetime... That's like an Oprah Winfrey <laughs> surprise when she... You know, <laughs> I'm thinking about writing it because it's so... It, it's crazy. Literally. Yeah. All my life. Did you know those ladies, your sisters? I saw my sisters in school. I remember, but I didn't know them then. Yeah. However, when I I went home one day when I was about 10, 8 or 10, 8 or 10 years old, I think it was, I ran home and I took, because I saw this little girl in school that looked just like me. I mean, literally. Yeah. Looked just like me. And I went to my dad. I said, I saw a little girl in school that looked like me. Oh, Kimmy, everybody looks alike. Blew it off. When I walked into my mother, to my mom's house, the woman, the bio mom, when I met her, that girl was sitting as a grown woman. So you have sisters. I have and two like younger sisters, half uh, sisters, and, and they are biracial. Mm-hmm. Did you decide it was a healthy to have a relationship with these folks? I tried, but as I said, it didn't work m- out. She did me a huge favor. Oh, and you know sometimes you got to leave people where you where you meet them, and we tried, but it wasn't meant to be. I think because we're all grown, yeah. you know, you gave birth to me, but I don't have to necessarily like you. What about the sisters? Did you try with them? Or... No. <laughs> <laughs> Some things just aren't meant to be. This was how long ago was this? This has now? been two years. Two years. Yeah. Oh, okay. And you know what? We did try. And I have to be. I have to so be honest. Nothing I in common. Or? We had nothing in common, and <laughs> it w- it was just different. That's so interesting. You know, I like yeah. I, I I met you just what twenty minutes ago. I got more love for you than I do them. Yeah. Oh. You, know, you can feel someone's house energy. of pride, folks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Seriously, and it just what that's there was so no interesting because you would think. 
you always want to romanticize it, it that it's going to be like That's family where, coming together and it, the reality of it is you just it's, it's a, like a, throwing a, like a, some dice see how they it, land and it's the truth because that's what I wanted I was really can I just be honest yeah. and yes, I swear please. I'm not patting myself on on my back or anything but I have to say this when I met them or when I was when I found out I was thinking oh my god this is going to be the most wonderful friends but honey they're the ones that hit the lottery it wasn't me there's only one Kim Sims I promise you it was just different and I mean that with no you know I'm not trying to be and 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 when I say they thought they hit the lottery my broke ass but they thought they (laughs) how did you feel oh no did you feel like they they, were oh yes yeah yeah so it was one of those things the sisters more than my you know than the bio mom so for me it was a big letdown because i i was looking just to see love and and feel some sort of you know and in their minds they were like oh snap you know we don't got us you know but it was so at the end of the day yeah it's it's a whole thing I think I might write that book. <laughs> You're right. Mm-hmm. Well, Make it a movie or something because it's big. But yeah, so anyway, but I'm good. Well, that was deep. So speaking of deep, deep. let's <laughs> <laughs> let's turn it up. Let's turn it up with another Deep in the City <laughs> remix. Yes. Uh, now, well, we make it the Tweaker Turner one since we're talking. Well, I can't find my mix oh, at the no. moment, but this is, um, you know, I have to pay respect to the cats that are on this project uh, because, um, you know, I've been remixing for two years and uh, um, these guys that are on the project with you, like um, Paul Goodyear, yes. he's, you know, he's been oh, God, um, professional yes. for God knows 20 oh, years. Yes. And I'm going to play right now Leo's oh, version absolutely. with, uh, he did one with Phil, Phil B. B. Yes. And Deep in the City, yes. folks enjoy. Here it goes. I, I, they just cut you off on iTunes. Ooh, they don't I fade just... out like on the other record. Shame on them. Shame on them. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we, LP, take it away for a second. I'm like off. 
<laughs> yeah, talking more. We just, we're going all over the place. Yeah, this is fun, though. It this is. is it is. I thank you again, Tweeka, for, for allowing me to come into the studio. It is uh, an honor. Thank, thank you. Thank you for being here and making the time, and especially because you're so busy. You're like on a whirlwind. It's, yes. Uh, but this is studio, good for me. Yeah. Photo shoot. Mm -hmm. And now radio appearance. Yes. Um, so you're leaving at 8 tomorrow. Ooh, 8 a.m. <laughs> and I haven't really, I have not been able to sleep like for a long period of time. I feel like I've been up Are for you about, tired? I am tired. You're not going out to dance tonight? It's in Wednesday. In my dreams, honey. I will be <laughs> twirling in my dreams. All right. But no, uh-uh. We were going to, but it's with the rain and all that. Mm -hmm. I think I need to go on and take a nap. I hear that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, we'll let you go. Um, uh, just to reiterate, what would you like folks listening to us know in general about well, Kim first Sims? And first and foremost, I just want to say thank you. I just want to say thank you for being here for, for all these years and supporting you know what it is that I do and the and the gift that I was given and I I hope that you know for the rest of my journey I can continue to um, keep you there and that you'll continue to support my new stuff. Um, I just want everybody to know that I'm here and I ain't going nowhere. 2017, she means she's stomping, she's stepping, she gonna do a thing. New song coming out in March. Yes, the new song is entitled "Turn It Up," written by Thomas Arambula and Leo Frappier is the producer and we're going to get some remixes on there and a mm -hmm. little birdie told me that mm -hmm. tweak, 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 I'll remix it that would, that would be yes and I, Paul, I, I heard your sample and I mm -hmm. thought it sounded great yes so I was feeling Paul that Paul Goodyear awesome. we've talked and then of course LP is hooking up the um, the, the other remixes but we're just looking for this this year and, and many years to come to just be be great. And I just ask everybody to continue to support my music. Go to all my social media pages. And uh, thank you so much for all the support. Um, thank you and everybody. You are very welcome. So let's go out with one more Kim Sim okay, song. Okay. Um, look, at, look at all these choices. Um, oh, why don't you do We Gotta, um, we gotta Love? We yes. Gotta Love. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Yes, let's find that. We got a love. Did you see it? Oh, there it is. Tell, mm -hmm. uh, give us backstory on that real fast. Um, recorded that in the UK, um, and I can't remember what the producers' names. Please forgive me, but it was I. I did the video here mm -hmm. in San Francisco. And backstory is I was running down the street, you know, singing and twirling and singing. We got to love. And as I was singing and twirling, I was looking back. And when I went to look forward, I ran to a light post, knocked myself out. In the video, you'll see this big ass bruise on the front of my head. And it truly was because I knocked myself out singing. We got to love. In that case, in you, you were too blind. To I wasn't too blind. I was too blind. That's for damn sure. But yeah, it's it's a great song. And it was a hit in the. States mm -hmm. and, yes, and, UK. and the UK mm -hmm. mostly overseas. Yeah, I love it. I can't wait to hear it. I actually have not heard this. It's we gotta love, folks. We Here gotta it goes. love the one and only Kim Sims. Thank you.
Oh, God. Kim Sims is dancing on our little three-by-five stage out there. <laughs> She's uh, leaving with the LP there. Uh, Got to get her back to the hotel. She rest up before her flight tomorrow. What a treat, Sean. That was wonderful. I'm telling you. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to steer right into our next conversation with Sean Haynes. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, he is the president of the Democratic uh, Club. I'm president of San Francisco Black Community Matters. It's a newly chartered Democratic uh, club um, of San Francisco. So we respond to the needs of not just the African-American community, but uh, all the needs of various uh, communities in San Francisco. Um, And it is one of about four different Democratic Party chartered um, political groups in San Francisco. And there are about uh, six, I believe, uh, African-American political clubs. You started yours, did you say, three months ago? It's relatively new. I started mine uh, at the tail end of October. Uh, Mm -hmm. We all know that the November primary was uh, coming upon us. And I wanted to bring a slightly different perspective into our Democratic Party um, leadership, but also into the Democratic Party in general. And um, what what, as- what aspect did you want to bring to it that um, was different? Just a, a greater diversity of experiences and voices in, into um, our leadership. So, mm-hmm. for instance, my organization has... Um, leadership that hasn't been necessarily leaders in other democratic clubs so if you were to sort of travel the democratic circuit you would notice that some of the people who are in our organizations tend to be in multiple organizations so sort of occupying multiple platforms and leadership Mm. um, in more than one organization i do the same but the majority of the ones that i'm a member of are are not chartered uh, democratic clubs they're political organizations that respond to our needs but they're not chartered democratic clubs and what would you say is one of the objectives of your club here The objectives of my organization is to be responsive to the needs of not only the African-American community Mm. of San Francisco, but to be responsive to um, and show the disparities between different ethnic groups in San Francisco. Do you feel like the African-American community is underrepresented in San Francisco? In San Francisco, for sure. I'm a native of San Francisco. I I grew up here. Um, I was born not too far away from here in San Francisco General Hospital. Um, uh, It'll be 39 years in June, June 2nd. Oh, (laughs) you're pushing 40, girl. (laughs) I'm almost 40. I'm almost 40. So uh, we all know that the African-American community in San Francisco, uh, their representation has plummeted from, I think at the time that I was born, it was probably about 17%. And now it's a questionable 3%. Excuse me? A questionable 3%. 3% of the population of San Francisco is African-American. 3%. So uh, our population is approximately 850,000 people in the city and three yeah. percent of that uh, we don't have enough african-american representation in this city to fill a stadium is that accurate are you really more you sure? or less okay it's been kind of the running joke well, i mean that really does, that seems way out of whack from other cities um, what happened? It's, it's definitely something that is challenging for San Francisco, but it's also something that is impacting cities like Oakland. Oakland is actually losing its African-American uh, population on a time scale that's much more rapid <coughs> than San Francisco. Where are, they all, where are you guys going? Um, well, it's not just uh, the African-American community, and that's mm. why my organization, although we are focusing on our community's needs and experiences, we're also talking about other communities' experiences in the same light. In San Francisco, for instance, since our Latino American population is rapidly being displaced and or that's finding true. Their way so out, it's so. not just one 
ethnicity. Yes. Any any ethnicity or a group that you can consider to be economically challenged. So I, I'm still having a hard time wrapping my mind around that. That is the population is so small. I thought it was an inclusive, progressive city. San Francisco, in a lot of ways, can be considered to be uh, progressive, and in a lot of ways, it can also be considered to be um, inclusive. And I challenge myself, or I'm challenged by the situation because I deal with a lot of people, mm-hmm. not only in the Democratic club circle, but within the leadership circle of San Francisco in general. Um, I engage the community in lots of different ways um, through my experiences, but also going to different community groups, organizations, and the events that they have. Um, so I'm sort of consciously and unconsciously getting a, a wide spectrum of experiences, and I apply that spectrum of experiences to the work that I do in our community. So do you think um, that the population is so low for African Americans in the city of San Francisco is due to a, a choice, or do you think it's economic? Or? I think it's. Um, um, I think some African Americans, like my parents, uh, left by choice. So when I was 15, you know, over 20 years ago now, my parents, like anybody with a sound mind and access to economics that allowed them to purchase a home, my parents, when I was 15, moved to Fairfield, California, to purchase a home. Oh, right, because nobody can afford a house here. Nobody except, could uh, afford a house the in one San Francisco. Or and that was 1995 <laughs> so, when they decided to do that. Yeah. I got out to Fairfield, California, took a one look around in the community and took one stern look in their eyes and told them, you realize I'm not going to school here, right? So my experience is that I got up at 4.30 every morning to go to high school in San Francisco. So that's a 65-mile journey. Oh, my um, God. Catching bus uh, and then a train and then a train and then a bus to be at school about a half an hour early every day. So that's my personal commitment to Why did you, why were you so adamant that you wanted to come to San Francisco? Adamant for a lot of reasons. Um, Being a native of San Francisco, being black and being LGBT, um, growing up in our LGBT community, at least um, before I came out and had the ability to actually access the LGBT community. How old were you when you came out? I got to see it on TV. So I was also 15, the same time my parents decided to move away from San Francisco. You were like, wait a minute. I you know, just you know <laughs> found Good my timing. best friends in my life. Yeah. It was like, okay, well, no, I'm, I'm my best friends are there. Um, I know that my life is going to be there just because this is the most you know progressive and or um, culturally accepting place, especially for LGBT experiences. Mm-hmm. That you know, I didn't like most people who came to San Francisco. I didn't have to migrate here from anywhere else. I was born here, so mm-hmm. I have um, lots of experience that make me fight even harder to stay here um, and that is all sort of evolved into the work that I do in the political arena. Most of the work and effort that I put out is to support the most uh, economically marginalized and socially, um, I'm sorry, the most socially marginalized and economically impacted in our community. Well, um, what can we do to you know, increase the percentages of uh, African Americans? For example, let's mm-hmm. take that group. From three okay. percent to what the national average should be. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there are lots of different things. Um, um, I roll it back just a little bit, um, and I believe one of the reasons why our community is um, heavily impacted is our economics are tied or the economics of uh, communities like that that have been in San Francisco mm. for a very long time. Like I'm a native, I'm a first generation native, so there are multi-generation natives. Um, and the economics of being a first generation or multi-generational means that you were paying a lot less for the house that you live in. If you happen to own it, then you're paying a lot less. Mm. 
modern economics is everybody is making you know between 75 and 100 and something thousand dollars and that's the economics that we're sort of dealt with it's really hard to come from an experience where your economics match that time period and you're able to do things and be flexible and responsive where we're coming into a time where the african-american community actually makes a whole lot less than anybody else um, there was a study done by a collective of african-american organizations in san francisco sort of spearheaded by um, the human rights commission we just got a new african-american female uh, chair of that body and ycd which is a, an organization that provides job opportunities and so they've done a research mm -hmm. um, that indicates that most african-american uh, people depending on your educational background is making probably around thirty thousand mm -hmm. dollars um, at this time so and that's probably what they were making back then at the same time so our economics in terms of job access and opportunities mm -hmm. is it keeping match with what you need to be um, successful given today's cost of living. So um, yeah. that is why we're being sort of economically displaced from the city outside of, you know, the cultural or racial issues why we would be displaced from a city like San Francisco. Yeah. So the problem doesn't start in San Francisco. It starts in, I guess, um, inept um, prejudices or walls against African-Americans from the get-go. Like Yes. I mean, let's be fair to say there are a lot of successful African-Americans in the United States that yes. have great jobs yes. in San Francisco, too. Yes. But I will say that um, that is true. Uh, we have a number of very successful African-Americans who were born and raised in San Francisco. They're either first-generation or multi-generational. Um, and when I evaluate all the different environments that I participate in, I notice that we have um, even more successful actual African-Americans, people who came from the continent of Africa to live in the United States and then to live in San Francisco. And then we also have um, a black Americans in the United States that migrate to San Francisco and because they come from different economics or different education. Well, the new boom in the tech world, for example, it's yes. not, it's, is it predominantly white or is it a mixture of, you know, Asians, blacks? Uh, um, if you look at any um, high technology organizational's mm -hmm. um, diversity uh, quotas, you will find that um, that you've looked at this. I, I have looked yeah. at this as a study that, that most of these organizations do. It's something that I speak about uh, publicly. It's something that mm. I speak about via social media. And it stirs up a lot of conversation about um, why the given reasons why um, our community or communities, because it's not just the African-American community. The numbers are very low for um, African-Americans. They're very low for um, uh, Latino Americans and any other um, uh, cultural um point of diversity it's also low for women especially in the in the technology world so there are a lot of um, job access disparities okay mm -hmm. yes so it's a very challenging world and I, I can offer my personal experience as somebody who does a I'm having a difficult time and I have multiple degrees in technology um, you know from Hill College that you know got closed down and now it's Corinthians College um, so I have multiple degrees in technology I have served our community in lots of different ways and I've served certain organizations in lots of different ways my ability to get jobs at those same organizations that I have raised 
you know, thousands of dollars for is still challenged mm -hmm. being an African-American man. And that's not to say that they don't have African-Americans, because I know these organizations do. A lot of my friends work with them, and I'm not going to name them out by name because I don't want to be embarrassing. But the fact remains that um, it's still challenging for an African-American rooted in San Francisco to have access to certain job opportunities, despite um, being capable of doing those jobs, despite having a background in skills, experience, knowledge, and mm -hmm. actual um, work done in the community, um, I'm finding it challenging for myself to get these jobs that mm -hmm. I'm effectively already doing in lots of different ways. So in 2017, what is uh, an example of uh, your um, uh, group? Uh, what is some, a project that you'd like to work on this year and, and see some positive results? So I, I personally have been working on lots of what I've been calling community impact projects, and I'll be ramping some of the work that I'm doing, uh, the legwork that I'm doing for my organizations to um, start holding conversations around public safety, because that's become mm -hmm. an increasingly important issue. Um, and also doing community impact projects in terms of bringing different and more uh, and highly valuable conversations into our school system. So to give you some examples, this week alone, I have been speaking at our juvenile justice center um, in terms of working with the kids, mostly black and brown, in that environment to show them somebody who's also a native of San Francisco and is working on, on behalf of them and their interests to help the, uh, those organizations um, you know, create a pipeline of opportunity out of there or present an image of like, okay, a, a black guy from the city who's gone through some of the same issues is um, applying himself politically and applying himself to lots of leadership roles maybe seeing somebody like myself will make them think about what they can do in the future. I, I was also had the lovely opportunity to speak to our police force, so connecting two ends of that pipeline to um, bring the perspective of an African-American gay person born and raised in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. So directing them on some of the needs that our community has been expressing for a long time in terms of um, issues that have come up in, in, in our safety as private citizens from our police force that have sometimes unfortunately caused harm to our life and livelihood. Um, so for instance, I was able to, as an African-American man, relay a story of when I was negatively impacted by the police who, um, who broke about five laws to um, you know, stop me and a friend who were shopping for AIDS life cycle. So they were illegally parked in the middle of the intersection. Mm -hmm. They wait until we get across. They say, you crossed a, a red, and we point at it and say, you mean that green light? And then they, you know, illegally park um, inappropriately again to bring us closer. And then my friend, he was a white guy. He made the unfortunate mistake of touching the cop car door, which is kind of a no-no. And I had already, we had already, I had already been circled around by the other officer. Mm -hmm. So we're both told to sit down. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, the ground's very dirty. Why do I need to do that before I can complete the sentence? I'm being cuffed. I'm a very flexible person. You can't tell on the radio, but I had my phone in my hand. So I'm texting and Facebooking and calling people from the back of the cop car because as, as an African-American man, I really don't know how this, um, this situation is going to go down. Am I going to be hurt? Am I going to lose my life? Am I going to be trapped in our criminal justice system? But fast forward, when we get to court, as we try to um, discuss the situation and say, you know, it's really appropriate that this all happened. We gave the scenario that... Um, you know, uh, we we weren't allowed to speak first. The police were. I was able to see an African American uh, police officer deliver justice, where she had documentation and everything, and it sounded very mm -hmm. legit. The first words out of these police officers' mouths were perjury. So, like I said in the beginning, they were parked illegally mm -hmm. in the crosswalk. 
the first words out of their mouth is that they had to come to a screeching halt in order not to hit us. So not only did they lie in court, they broke several laws and they were holding up public transportation as I'm imagining in the back of a cop car saying, hello officer, I think you might want to move your car because you're holding up a bus. Hello officer, I think you might want to move your car because you're holding up two buses. Hello officer, I think you want to move your car because you're holding up three buses. Meanwhile, people are screaming to the police officers, you dirty pigs, because they could see this situation didn't seem to be warranted. Mm -hmm. And we're out here shopping for AIDS life cycle. So my ability to go and speak to kids about situations like this to help them think about a different path or my ability to speak to cadets before they go out into the community to say, I'm a resource in the community. I know what your other resources are going to be in the community. So um, look upon those people uh, for guidance. But also now I'm somebody who can give you an experience that basically says you're a police officer. You're supposed to uphold the law. Please don't abuse your power. Um, to make other people's lives more challenging. So I find a lot of, of value personally as um, you know, African-American male that's gone through these situations to be in a position to respond um, to different aspects of our community to bring a, an experience versus just bringing you know, talking points. Mm -hmm. Is there anything coming up you'd like our listening audience to know about? Um, I would love the listening audience to all become members of uh, our organization. It's called San Francisco Black Community Matters. You can find us online at sfbcm.org. Um, you don't have to be black to be a member of the organization. Um, we, will, over the course of this year, we'll have lots of events and programming. I think our first event may be a social um, where we're, we're talking about the book, The New Jim Crow. Um, so we're also going to do a book club associated with reading that and then having a, a, a really valuable discussion around that. You know, it really is mm -hmm. um, important given our times now where some of those same things that we fought in the past to overcome, we seem to be repeating ourselves in terms of, um, you know, the type of presidency that's coming in. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, well, um, or can they... Do you want people to know where to get you on Facebook? or? Oh, anybody can find um, San Francisco Black Community Matters on Facebook. You can also find me personally on Facebook, Sean Haynes. I have you know my personal profile. You'll probably be surprised how many people we have in common. Um, and you can find my personal political page, which is um, Haynes for SF, which is H-A-I-N-E-S-F-O-R-S-F. Um, but once you search up Sean Haynes, it'll probably be one of your first top results. Fabulous. Sean, thank you so much for coming on House of Pride Radio for the first time. I would love to have you back. Uh, keep us um, you know, posted, um, up to date of what you guys are doing and how you're making some progress. My pleasure. We're going to go out with a little song uh, for you guys and for our listening audience. And thank you for joining us today at House of Pride Radio. We'll see you next Wednesday at 6 p.m. live from San Francisco. Thanks, folks.
Go ahead and uh, slide into your seats and grab a beer at home if you're listening and uh, get comfy. Because, you know, we're going to start like pretty soon. Yeah. 
it's, it's not the most Wrapping it up. It's gonna wrap Game up with a wrap, wrap up. Wrap it up. Here we go. Bam. Come on. Wham. Yeah, that's great. Do you want to come there too? No, that's fine. Yeah, as long as they're not feeding back. I'm just just well, don't, if we keep them down here and we don't yeah. bring them up to our mouth holes. Yeah. yeah. Fine. Great, let's go. Go! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Open Improv. Woo! Uh, the class for the assignments are made up and the grades don't matter. Yay! Hilarious. Uh, <laughs> let's just skip the rules. Man. No, fuck that! Jesus Christ, yeah, she doesn't know what's going on. All right, well, we do have a couple rules here. Rule number one, fuck the rules. <laughs> rule number two, uh, but don't touch the mics. Don't touch it. It's very annoying if you can hear it. Whatever. It's very annoying. Uh, rule number three, though, <laughs> fuck the rules. <laughs> yeah. Uh, rule number four, no one gets paid. No. God damn it, Andrew. my audience. All right, rule number three is about the rules. Rule number four, you are all part of the audience and you're all part of the show at all times. We're all on a mic, so you're, you know, part of the show even now or whatever. Uh, rule number five. I gotta say, yeah, rule number four is the most unmemorable. Unmemorable? Rule number five. No one gets paid. Rule number six. Pick up sticks. Rule number seven. All dogs go to heaven. Rule number eight. It is not straight. That's not true. Rule number nine. Feeling fine. Rule number 10 is feeling again. Rule number one, fuck the rules. We're not gonna go Woo! This is our second open improv of this week. Hey, the one on this Sunday got canceled. Woo, thank God. How yesterday, or excuse It was fun. It was, it it was. We did not have enough time to promote it. No, we, well, we did, did not. It was a no. it, it, it was. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, if anything, yeah. I bought a lot of beers. So. <laughs> no, no, except for piano fight. We drank to do a show. Yes, oh. we did. I, you know. <laughs> hey, you can't do the show unless you drink all these beers. Oh. oh. Uh, That's a buy Justin, I'm stealing one of your beers, speaking of which. Uh, which we're not drinking here. We don't, we never drink beers here. But in general, he's gonna steal beers from you in your life. Outside ever though, right? Never yeah, outside, ever, outside never, ever, ever, ever. But if you were to have, I don't know, say wine in a Starbucks cup, no one's gonna judge you. Uh, by the way, if you're listening, please feel free to come to the show. Uh, if you are an ABC agent, stay the fuck out. Yeah, you, you are not welcome here. This is a private club. That's rule number 11. Yeah, you're, if you're the man, yeah. 
Say hammers. Hammers. Back in my hammers. day. Back in my day, we didn't have hammers and no one got nailed. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have hammers and everyone got screwed. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have hammers. It was hard to get banged. Just look like the symbol for pirates. Yeah. <laughs> Just a sickle. Just a sickle. Back in my day, we didn't have hammers. The only thing you were pounding was ass. Back in my day, we didn't have hammers, and the only person told me that I can't touch it was my girlfriend. No, so does it. No. Back in my day, we didn't have hammers. We just stopped because it was time. <laughs> Back in my day, hey, 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 stop. That's time, a banger. That was time, a banger. Time. time. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have hammers, and the only thing you brought down on somebody else was their fever. Oh, so you're a doctor. Oh. Damn. Back in my day, we didn't have hammers. The only blood for strong was us outside. Back in my day, we didn't have rules, and every day all we talked about was Fight Club. <laughs> hey, did you go to Fight Club? Back in my day, we didn't have rules, and if you wanted to break something, it was dance moves. Back in my day, we didn't have rules, and if you wanted to break something, it was pots, because you were Zelda or Link. <laughs> 
Back in my day, we didn't have rules, and size really didn't matter. Well, just about anything. Yeah, very good. Back in my day, big, that small. Back in my day, we didn't have rules. We just broke, danced. (laughs) Back in my day, we didn't have rules, and the only slide we cared about was the fun ones. Uh, Break dancing? Hey, is it break dance or broke dance? Break dance. Or you could say breaking. Uh, back breaking. in my back in my breaking day, too. we didn't have rule, and a monarchy was just how you said something looked kind of like a butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> it looks a little monarchy. Back in my day, we didn't have rules. And uh, if you had a kingdom, that just meant your king was retarded. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have rules, and the socialism was the study of how to have friends. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have rules, and O'Doyle was a silly name. <laughs> O'Doyle. <laughs> Uh, yeah, new thing. Uh, something you use today. Something you use today. Anything you use today. Dryer. Blow dryers. Get the obligatory dick sucking. Back in my day, we didn't have blow dryers. If you wanted something hot to blow you, you went down to the docks. There you go. <laughs> it was coming. Yes. <laughs> it was coming. Hey. Hey. Back in my day, we didn't have blow dryers, and if your fan had multiple speeds, you had a nice kitchen. What? Yeah, it was dumb. It was dumb. Back in my day, we didn't have blow dryers, and everybody's hair was curly. Nope, yeah. Back in my day, we didn't have the blow dryers. We just followed his balls a little. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have blow dryers, and the only people with max power were men. Back in my day, we didn't have blow dryers, and if you wanted to kill yourself, you had to use a toaster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back, back in my day, we didn't have blow dryers. If you wanted to drop something in the tub to feel like you were dying, you took up salvia. That'd <laughs> be fucked up. <laughs> salvia, the salvia tub. Where am I? Back in my day, we didn't have blow dryers, and if you wanted to dry your mushrooms, you had to leave them in a cool, dry place for an extended period of time. Back in my day, we didn't have hair dryers, and it it took women even longer to get ready. (laughs) (laughs) No, there you go, wait. Uh, Back in my day, we didn't have blow dryers, and all the ladies always showed up wet. Back in my day, we didn't have hair dryers, and hair straightener prices were through the roof. Woo! Stokey. 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 Back in my day, we didn't have blow dryers. You got one? No. No. All right, buddy. All right. Back in my day, we didn't have blow dryers, and if you wanted somebody to blow a bunch of hot air in your face, you went to a Trump rally. getting political. Back in my yeah, back in my day, we didn't have blow dryers. If you
you wanted someone to think you were dry, you became a political satirist. Ooh. Back in my day, we didn't have blow dryers, and if you were dry, you lived in Suffolk County. Cause yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> I made up that name. Is that a dry county? No, I'm dry county. You get it? Yeah, yeah, Suffolk. you get it. Isn't that uh, Suffolk? <laughs> oh, Suffolk is uh, uh, what comes out. No, but there's a prefix. Yeah, prefix. whatever. You know. Okay, new thing. Last thing. Last, last thing. thing. last thing. Last thing. Last thing. Just I remember day we didn't have sweet kills calling. But. 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 Shut up. But. But. We didn't have buts. I don't think full of shit was Justin. It's just uh, back in my day we didn't have buts. And number two was just the first loser in a race. That's all good. Back in my day we didn't have buts. And uh, it was really hard not to burn your lips while smoking cigarettes. <laughs> back in my day, we didn't have back in my day, we didn't have butts, and if you were cheek to cheek, it was a lot more innocent. <laughs> back in my day, we didn't have butts, and if you were slapping cr a crack, it's because you were trying to get it all into one corner of the bag. Back in my day, we didn't have butts, uh, so yeah. when I stepped on a crack, it was because I was trying to break my mother's back. <laughs> 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 well, I'm stepping on butts now, so. <laughs> I'm stepping on butts, don't worry. <laughs> butt stepping. Back in my day, we didn't have butts, and charming was something you did to get free drinks. Uh, back in my day, we didn't have butts, and farting was really dangerous. <laughs> back in my day, we didn't have butts, and going to prison was no longer a fear. Uh, back in my day, we didn't have butts, and a badonka donk was just French for one donkey stacked on top of another donkey. Uh, back in my day, we didn't have butts, and these bad jokes weren't the only shit to come out of this mouth. Ooh. Back in my day, so, we didn't have butts. So, right. so I was pooping. Bro, that is like that, Back in my day, we didn't have butts, and the only thing that fit in your jeans was lupus. Can I try to rework that one? Back in my day, we didn't have butts, and the only thing that fit in your jeans was a predisposition to cancer. Oh, yeah, it's good. Or lupus. It's always lupus. Just okay, it's always lupus. House time. It's always lupus. <laughs> house? I don't know if you know this. House lied to you about medicine. <laughs> it's always lupus. Damn it! Back in my day, we didn't have butts, and yoga pants were half off. <laughs> uh, back in my day, we didn't have butts. <laughs> back in my day, we didn't have butts, and white women were trending. Uh, back in my day, we didn't have butts, and people wore yoga pants because they wanted to do yoga. Back in my day, we didn't have butts, but we did have if and ants. Uh, back in my day, we didn't have butts, and when you pistol whip somebody, you whipped them with a real whip attached to the pistol. <laughs> back, back, in, back in my day, we didn't have butts, and you smoked the cigarette down through the filter like a man. Uh, and you be your wife. Through the filter. Ah. <laughs> Through it. <laughs> Andrew's still talking to sweets. Look at him. Uh, back in my day, we didn't have butts. And rams just didn't run into each other ever. 
They were real nice to each other. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have butts, and we clapped with our hands. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have butts, and if somebody made the ass drop, it's because they shot it. Oh. <laughs> uh, back, in my, back in my day, we didn't have butts, and a twerk was just one jerk, but they were identical twins. <laughs> back in my day, we didn't have butts, and I could only attract men with my milkshake. Because <laughs> it was a good ass uh, back in my day, we didn't have butts, and Sir Mix-a-Lot lied about everything he liked. Back in my day, we didn't have butts, and an anaconda ate iced tea. Dog, ice cube. cube. Ice cube, whatever. <laughs> the, 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 when the cube melts, it's just watered-down iced tea. Yeah. Back in my day, we didn't have butts, and buns were on a burger. <laughs> he said, I think you were talking about bums for a second. I was like, bums are on a burger. Ridiculous. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have butts, and bums were on Van Ness. Ferdinand. Oh. It's true, it's been that way for a while. That's a fact! No facts! <laughs> Uh, uh, back in my day, we didn't have butts, and nice. pinching a woman's cheek wouldn't get you fired at work. <laughs> back, in my, back in my day, we didn't have butts, and so mix a lot of song was literal. <laughs> Baby got back. It's all back. Baby got back from a long trip. <laughs> back, back in my day, we didn't have butts, and an asshole was just back when donkeys would burrow. There's donkeys hidden in the brush. There's donkeys in the in the land. Oh, the land! The donkeys pulling me down. Okay. Hey, uh, caller, you're live on the air. Say hi, because uh, Thank you for calling into House of Pride. I'm sorry that they left. Okay. You're Sorry in the hospital? That. But no, you're in the hospital? Tell us about that. It's We're still in their podcast. It's still yeah, recording. I, well, I was, supposed to, uh, I was supposed to be a featured guest tonight. I wanted to... Uh, I'm still waiting to be checked in. Um, oh, no. so Are you okay? What's going on? Listening to this. Are you okay? What's going on that you're in the hospital? Oh, I'm just having a procedure with my mouth. Uh, oh. They have to do something with my jaw um, tomorrow. And I had the opportunity to do, do it tonight, so... Well, what um, did you want to promote? What do you, do you want to talk about? You're on their podcast right now, even though they're not here. Uh, it's still it's within hard, the 8 o'clock hour. Talk, but I, and I, I was going to tell you guys, stop it. Making me laugh so hard. <laughs> so <laughs> They're gone already? They're gone, yeah. But you're still, you're on their podcast right now. So if you listen to their podcast when they pass it around. Yeah, I'm listening to the podcast laughing my ass off. Yeah. Well, I love oh, House of Pride. It's so great that uh, Tweeka Turner. Oh, well, I'll leave a note. I'll leave a note that I, I, I was listening to the podcast and... And that you're actually, uh, but you're on the podcast right now. So, uh, oh, I the, am. Yes, right now you're live on air, and it's oh, still oh, within oh, there. Oh. You're still in there. Six to eight. Sorry. Uh, oh no, you're great. I'm Tell glad. us what you wanted I had to say. To call. Had to call. Had to call. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry so that funny. you're gonna have surgery and stuff. Um, but do you have so, a show upcoming yeah. after? Are you also part of Tweeka's Drag Queen uh, Compendium? Show upcoming after? Are you? 
Oh, you have to turn down your radio because oh, I hear myself I have, in the I background. Have, um, <laughs> yeah, let me turn it down. There you go. No, I, I'm, uh, I have the Poe Paris show tomorrow, the Edgar Allan Poe uh, celebration, which uh, Tweeka Turner is actually going to be in. How amazing. And um, I was supposed to be there tonight to talk about it. And, the, the Edgar um, Allan Potpourri. Where is this happening? Because this sounds like an amazing me? show. Where is the Edgar Allan Potpourri happening? Because it sounds like an Edgar amazing Allen show. Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, called Potpourri. It's going to be at Dog Ear Books Castro. Oh, we love Dog Ear Books. it's going to be at 7, from 7 to 8.30. It's administered for the ACLU. And um, I'm producing it by remote control. Oh, wow, because you're going to be dealing with your jostle. I know. I'm not even going to be there, though. I produce them, but they'll show together. Um, what a so, great idea, though. I mean, so are people going to be reading uh, at Grand Different people Poe? are going to read. Uh, from Russell Blackwood, uh, um, John Ginelli, uh Johnny Ray Houston, Connie Champagne's going to sing. Awesome. Um uh, it's going to be a variety show. Fantastic. So, and and uh, all uh, and all dark and dismal for this winter time that we're all. I hope it's raining tomorrow and that it's sad and dismal. Uh, so me? that I hope it's raining tomorrow and that it's sad and dismal for well, Edgar Allan Poe. I Pope hope it's, it's supposed to thunder and lightning. I read and that that's not such a bad thing for an Edgar Allan Poe. Absolutely. Reading. That's kind of, you know, that might be a little moody for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I say rain uh, never more. <laughs> I hope it doesn't stay, you know, keep people away by by any means, because it's going to be a really, really fun show. Absolutely. Um, a lot of performance art going to be in it, so. What, what do you mean by performance art? You're going to, uh, uh, the last time I uh, saw well, performance I, art, a lady I'm birthed sure a chicken. I'm not sure what's going to happen, because I'm not going to be there. I'm still oh. going to be uh, at, at uh, UCSF. So, um, I just had the opportunity to check in tonight and had to miss being on Tweeka um, uh, Turner's show. I know, how Pride so is really awesome, and they have a huge I listenership. I feel bad about that. Um, uh, tomorrow night, Dog-Eared Books tomorrow night, at Castro, Thursday, 7 o'clock. Thursday, 19th, at 7 p.m. at Dog-Eared Castro, uh, Dog-Eared Books, Castro. How much is it? Five uh, bucks, ten bucks? that up, and... Um, is it five or it's ten? Be, is it how much does it cost? Uh, it's, it's on the calendar. You can see all, see the lineup. Awesome. Um, and James Jeske is going to be hosting it. He's filling in for me. So. Well, uh, everyone here at Mutiny Radio hopes that you have a speedy recovery and an amazing surgery. Uh, take as many drugs as you can because uh, you get to and uh, take those. Pardon me. Take as many drugs as you I, I can. I'm like, I'm now here. All the drugs. Take all the drugs. And if uh, you know. In, in, enjoy your convalescence with uh, delicious uh, pharmacology. Take all the drugs. Take all the drugs. You... Take all the drugs. It's a great time. You get to tomorrow. You get to have surgery. You get to take all the drugs. <laughs> you get to take all the drugs for two weeks. It's going to be awesome. Uh, uh, it's going to be. It, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Um, no, my reception is fading, not me. That's what I meant. <laughs> it's all Thank you so much for calling in. I'm so glad that we got your call. And uh, Viva House of Pride forever. The next show that's coming up is actually an open mic. So there's a bunch of dick bag comedians in here. That okay. are gonna... I'm glad that this, uh, this went out, at least this part. Uh, yes. Went out. yes. I'm and... glad to know it. And thank you so much. Um, and we'll tell and, everybody uh, yeah, again. Yeah, those guys, I was cracking, cracking up so hard. I was like, I was calling in to tell them to stop because they're going to 
Right, they're gonna laughing floor. Because you're because they're, <laughs> why is this guy laughing so much in the waiting room? Well, I know, like, house I, of pride. You know, my 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 butt or whatever they're talking about. <laughs> well, <laughs> what, what kind? What have they degenerated to? Uh, oh gosh. Did I cause all this by not showing up? Oh, dear. You couldn't keep the kibosh no, on their uh, crazy butt talk. It was funny. It's not a Anyway, um, thanks, for, thanks for putting me on the, the uh, podcast. Absolutely. And Tell everybody, everybody one show more time. Tomorrow. It's going to be fun. Dog-eared books. Castro. 7 o'clock. Go see a 7 o'clock to 830 at Dog-eared Thank you so much for calling in. Have a beautiful night. Have a wonderful surgery. And uh, call back to Mutiny Radio anytime. Okay. Got, got to go. Uh, uh, gonna, I need to fill out some more papers here so I can get uh, yeah, go in my fill room out some papers. And... Have a beautiful night, and uh, we'll talk to you soon here on Mutiny Radio. All right. Thank Bye-bye. you so much. Hey, everybody. This is the end of House of Pride. That was a last-minute phone call. Even after they left, things still happen here at Mutiny Radio. Coming up next at 8 o'clock is a new open mic that's going to be every Wednesday. It's called Trish and Dan Face Oblivion. So stay tuned right now, everybody, for that 8 o'clock open mic. Yeah. Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternatives to smoke it. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com This is Tusha Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. 
But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRack. <laughs> Subliminal SF brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. The second annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is coming March 1st through 5th, 2017 to San Francisco, featuring 25 shows in five days and 50 comedians from across the entire U.S. From Washington and Portland to Los Angeles, New York to Indiana, Tennessee to Pennsylvania, these comics 
will join San Francisco's best underground comedians for five days of comedy at Mutiny Radio. All shows will be live streaming and available after via podcast at www.mutinyradio.fm. But see them live in our intimate 30-seat performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Mission, March 1st through 5th. Tickets available on our website, www.mutinyradio.fm now. Brought to you by our generous festival sponsors, Alta California Botanicals, Destiny's Mom, What a Tomato Produce Company, the law offices of John P. Strauss III, Asiento, FruFruHot.com, Jankytown.org, Brooke Heineken, Fervor Fervor, and Trina Roderick. Asiento. This locally owned Mission neighborhood bar and restaurant is excited to be a sponsor for the festival. We hope you'll join us any night of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival for happy hour pricing all night long. Just mention that you are an audience member for happy hour pricing March 1st through the 5th at Asiento. Our address is 2730 21st Street at Bryant Street, just a half a block away from Mutiny Radio. Asiento has a warm, friendly neighborhood vibe that's perfect for an after-work drink or for a night out. Featuring a comfortable bar and extensive tapas menu, this is the perfect place for groups that want to get together for drinks and food. Join us at Asiento. Whoa there. What a tomato! Where did you find such a nice tomato? What a tomato? I know, I just said that. Where'd you get that fine heirloom? What a tomato. Look, man, this isn't a come on. Just tell me where you got that beautiful tomato. What a tomato. No, no, seriously, I actually want to eat a tomato. I love tomatoes. Where did you get that tomato? 